everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. And we're going to start off with a real episode this time. Unlike last week, we tricked you guys. Sorry. Or are we? Kimberly, I have a very important question to ask you. <laughs> a proposal of sorts? Sort of a proposal. <laughs> Will you buy me a trip to Dollywood? Sure. So I can propose to you properly. Sure. That sounds perfect. Okay, great. Thank you. But everyone who doesn't follow us on social media, you'll be happy to know that Heather said yes. Congratulations, folks. Cheering. Children cheering, Adam. Cheers. Oh, that's amazing. The children are happy. It is usually children. That cheer? Yeah, I requested children the first time, and so that's what we get every time. Oh, okay. They go, yay! Like that. (laughs) Okay, it's creepy. So this episode is called Lost in Sin City, another Vegas episode. So first... Thanks, Kimberly. I... Are you making that... Are you, were you being sarcastic? I'm being like, thank you. I love Vegas. Well, I mean... Okay, I thought you were being sad because you can't go right now or something. We could do Vegas for like... Forever. There's a couple more Vegas episodes that I can think of. There are. But we should probably save them for when we are going to be in Vegas for CrimeCon next year. Which I'm basically just going to go for the month. So I'm hoping that you'll just come with me for the month. That's fine. We'll just rent a house. Okay. So this is our third Vegas in a row, I believe. Correct? (laughs) Is it? Well. No. Yes, because our Patreon, our last two Patreons. With the one we haven't released yet. So the last month's Patreon, this month's Patreon, and last week's The Player, and this week Lost in Sin City. So of us recording. Yeah. Okay. I'm, thank you. Again, thank you. I'm just, it really puts me in a good mood. And this one puts me in even a better mood because why? Because it's hosted by Baby Mank. Thank you. Yeah. I know you said you missed him. And there's another reason that this one made me very, very happy, which I'm sure you will tell us later. This was season 19, episode 71. You can find it on Peacock. June 17, 2011. Hence the baby, baby Mick. It's been 10 years. He looks great. He looks the same. Yeah, he looks the same. I wouldn't even consider it a baby Mick. He's ageless. Okay, that's fine. Timeless. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. So uh, zippy music. So zippy. We see a lot of Bibrel. So zippy. We see zip lining. Once again, we see the zip lining footage from Vegas. Yeah, you bet. So they just bought some NBC or they just get it for free. NBC B-roll of Vegas. Or they filmed one of their people doing it with their fancy cameras. And so we're seeing someone they know. I don't think that's true. But the, the PA. Maybe. Who's decidedly not in a dress. <laughs> yeah, we did wonder about that last time. No, no. You wondered about that. I was quite, I had questions. You were just being ornery. Like, well, what if I'm wearing a dress? And I said, what's the chances? And you said, well, you never know. Like, it was a whole thing. You were just full sass about it. Like, I might be wearing a dress, Katie. You don't know me. You don't know. So we see the strip. We see go-go dancers. We see tourists. Yeah. And Mank says, Every year, these bright lights draw millions. Some come seeking the promise of easy fortune or for those secrets that supposedly never leave here. Or some come to get lost. If you want to disappear in America, the shadows thrown by those big lights can hide you. 
Then there are those who don't want to disappear, but do anyway. Oh. And by that, he means Teresa and Sana, who is the missing person that we're, we'll be talking about. We meet Teresa's parents, who are the cutest. I level 10. Is there an above 10? Because 10 plus. They're very New York, um, very not Jewish, I don't think, but they seem kind of Jewish. No, they're very Catholic New York. I think it happens in any religious family. Like it can go that way. Or any New York. Maybe just New York is all I'm thinking of. It's magical. Yeah. But she it's like a New York version of my mom. That's what I felt like. And New York version of my dad. Okay. No. Your mom is so sweet. Like Joni is so, so sweet. Anne Marie is a lot more no nonsense. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Joe doesn't crack a ton of jokes. And I feel like your dad might crack a lot of jokes. He does at one point and laughs hysterically at them. He does. Yeah. So maybe he cracked a lot of jokes and we're only seeing one. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about his daughter on Dateline. So I guess there's not a ton of opportunity. No, but I, I think... Bob would find a lot of opportunity, though. Bob would find the opportunity is what, yeah, I guess I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. In fact, the host would have to tell him, Bob, this is Dateline. Stop making so many jokes. But in the way that they are very much like your parents, they are the same in how much they love their daughter. And your parents adore you. And these parents adore Teresa. These parents should have had their own reality show instead of some of the leaky trash bags we have on 90 Day Fiance. Yes, please. Yeah, it's unfair. So the dad was Teresa's best friend. The mom says she was the disciplinarian and then interjects right away. Not that she was bad. Immediately qualifies it. (laughs) And then she keeps talking over the dad. Right. And the dad's like, I was the co-conspirator. And like, and the mom's like, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. No, because Josh is like, are you the partner in crime? No, no. Like, I think she's very worried about how they're going to be presented to the nation. She doesn't need to worry, but it does make her so incredibly lovable that she's doing that because you all, everyone knows parents that do that. It's amazing. Teresa was friendly, smart. She was a dancer. She loved cheerleading. She made the team and her friend didn't. And that's where our dateline starts. No, but seriously, how many cheerleader murders have there been? Lots, right? A a lot that we don't cover because we don't generally cover teens. We would cover teens. It's rare. We've normally skipped over teens, I think, because they've been incredibly sad. Yeah. We did that Mean Girls episode. We did, but that was like, I was surprised we did that because I was like, oh, teens. But Jennifer and Grace are the two friends. They're beautiful. Very, very pretty. Like, Pretty, pretty brunettes. And then also, how good of a friend is Teresa? I know. She said she won't make, she won't join the team since her friend didn't make it. And the friend doesn't tell us if she took her up on that or not. She doesn't. And I'm surprised you're not mentioning it because I was like. I think she doesn't because we see Teresa in a cheerleading uniform. So I think she said, no, that's okay, Teresa. You should still do it. I hope so, too. That's the only right answer. There's only one right answer. Not thank you so much and walk away and be like, I'm so glad she's not doing it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That let's go to the mall instead. Yeah, done. Yeah, no, no. we're done. That's what I would do. No, you would not. (laughs) No, I would. I love that you think that you would not do that. But I think that you would. Yeah, I think you would offer. I would offer, but I don't know if I'd mean it. 
I don't know if it'd be in your heart, but I don't know if Teresa meant it. I w- it would be like this. It'd be like, Katie, I don't have to do it if you don't want. And you'd be like, are you sure? And I'd be like, okay, great. Doing it. Thanks. So after college, Teresa was staying out late and partying. And her dad said, Teresa, it's not gonna happen. Honey, it's not gonna happen. He wanted to be the disciplinarian for once, I guess. So he's like, you need to get your act together. So she packs up her bags. She moves to Vegas with her best friend, gets a house, gets a job at Rio working in sales. Now, Teresa's parents say she loved Vegas. She's, they say they can picture her with a cigarette and a Starbucks just sashaying up and down the halls of the Rio. No, dad said he saw her with it. I think he, when they went to visit, he legitimately with a cigarette and a Starbucks. And I was like, first of all, you're OK with her smoking because you're saying it on national television. Yeah. I forget every time that you can smoke indoors and you definitely could back then. Yeah. So I was like, how is she going anywhere in her hotel with a, oh, Vegas. Vegas. Magical land for cigarette smokers. <laughs> so this where you fly back and your entire suitcase smells like cigarettes. Whether you smoke or not. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. No, I don't smoke. My suitcase always smells like cigarettes. I'm so sorry. You're going to need specific Vegas clothes and Vegas suitcases. Did I not explain the rules to you? <laughs> yeah. So Teresa meets a guy named Jeff. He gets her a dog and they move in together and they got engaged like very quickly. But then... He broke it off right before the wedding and she killed him. And that's where our dateline starts. No, Teresa was, we'll have more on that broken engagement later. Teresa was tired of Vegas. This is 2004-ish. She was thinking of moving home and going to grad school. But then the Rio offered her a big promotion and she took it. This is one of those sliding doors moments that whatever you decide will be your fate. And unfortunately she chose the wrong one. Because a month later, she doesn't show up for work. No one can find her. Her coworkers go to her house. They find the dog is there. Her car is there. Her purse is there. Her keys are there. There's blood on the car. So the police come out. Two homicide detectives are on the scene. Now, one of these detectives looked very familiar to me. I kind of thought he was from The Widower, Tom Randolph, which was also Vegas. Do you think so? And I'm not 100% sure. If someone wants to do a fact check, that's fine. I didn't. So they think it looks like Teresa has been attacked inside the house. There's a footprint on the stairs. In the bathroom, a towel rack is missing from the wall. And there's some specks of blood that they determine is male blood, which I don't think you can tell just by looking at it. I think they have to like run it through a machine. But they male specks of blood in the bathroom. The blood on the bumper is Teresa's. They look in the car's trunk. They find some more blood and some mud. And the driver's seat is pushed all the way back. But Teresa is only five feet tall. So they definitely think that the abductor slash maybe killer drove her car. They think her body was loaded into the car and driven somewhere. And then for some reason, the killer was respectful enough to return the car back to the house, which is very strange. And they think it was someone that knows her. Because anybody else who just randomly broke in might think someone else is going to be at the house, like a roommate or something. But they felt like they had time to bring the car back and no one would see them. And they also cleaned up. So there's paper towels, trash bags, spray bottles out. They tried to clean up the crime scene. So they knew they had the time to do that, that no one was coming. I'm sorry. So why is there a blood spanner? Just a little. 
very small amount. Yeah. They didn't do a great job of cleaning up, but there definitely was probably a lot more blood that they did clean up. Okay. So Teresa is last seen at work on Tuesday. She'd gone to vote at 530. Good for her. Can I just say? Good for her. Voting is sexy, everybody. Can I make a t-shirt? Voting is sexy. No? Okay. Mm. I don't know if it'll work. You can try. Let's try it. Vote. Voting is sexy. It makes me not want to do it. It makes me be like, "Mm." Like if I said voting is sensual. You're trying to make something sexy that's not. Like I can kind of see through it. And you know what I'm saying? It's like, this is cool. No. Don't tell me that. It's like those girls in bikinis that are eating those burgers from Carl's Jr. And the ketchup is dripping everywhere. And there's like sexy music. But that's not sexy. But it does make you want to eat it because the burger looks good. Right. So how do you make voting look good? FBI candy at the polls. Right. Yeah. Or a hot celebrity because people love when celebrities get involved in politics. Mario Lopez? I don't know. Who's a hot celebrity? No, I was making a joke. People hate when celebrities get involved in politics. What if it's like a cool celebrity? What if it's like Dr. House? What if he's just... Okay, never mind. Angela Lansbury? Dr. House? Yeah. Hugh Laurie? Yeah, Hugh Laurie at the polls. I'd be like, what's Hugh Laurie doing at the polls? Well, he's British too. So I'd be extra confused. So it'd be mysterious. See, mysterious is sexy. There we go. Yeah, that's true. You nailed it. Mm -hmm. I did it. Mm -hmm. Hugh Laurie at the polls. Government, call us. We want to pitch a whole ad campaign around voting and Hugh Laurie. Yep. It's a winner. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. So Teresa went to work on Tuesday. After work, she went to vote. Then she talked to her mom on the phone. She said she was tired and said, I'm going to have my mac and cheese and I'm going to rest. Amen, sister. We have all had those days. I feel like that six out of seven days of the week on a good week, that all I want to do is rest and eat mac and cheese. But with HelloFresh, I can spend a tiny bit longer on my dinner, but have something fresh and delicious, something designed by a professional chef and nutrition expert. Some dinners only take 30 minutes to cook. They also have quick and easy dinners that take 15 to 20 minutes. So instead of making box mac and cheese and feeling gross after, this week I made spaghetti gnocchi with heirloom tomatoes. And not only is gnocchi fun to say, but it only took 20 minutes to make. Delicious, fun to say, 20 minutes. And it's about to be fall. It's going to be fall. HelloFresh has family-friendly back-to-school dishes for drama-free dinners. Because how do people come home from work wanting to rest and then have to argue with children over broccoli? That is my actual nightmare dateline episode. Yeah, that's not Parent has to cook for children, hosted by Keith Morrison. But with HelloFresh, you're less stressed. You're saving money, saving time, meal planning and grocery shopping and shopping, shopping and shopping. Also, you can spend more time with your children if that's something you are into or just vegging in front of the TV if that's what lights up your life. The glow of the TV lights up my life. Oh, yeah. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline14 and use code Dateline14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline14 and use code Dateline14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's so many meals. Amazing. Ring, yes. ring. Hello? Fresh. <laughs> Fresh. Thank you. America's number one meal kit. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. the button. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the night of the murder at 7.30, Teresa's cousin calls and she doesn't answer. So they think that Teresa was killed in that window between like 6.30 and 7.30. However, Katie's shaking her head. I'm shaking my head. I felt like, is it at all possible she's screening her calls because she's mad at her cousin for some random reason? Like, do we know that she just was in the bathroom and didn't answer the phone? Why is that not a possibility? The whole timeline for the murder slash, sorry, it's a murder, spoiler alert, could be different. The whole timeline could be different. I fully agree. I didn't understand why they got that, uh, why in the world they had that, is that had to be the timeline because she didn't answer the phone. Maybe she was eating mac and cheese and was watching TV and was like, okay. And maybe her cousin was going through a breakup or something and she didn't want to get into the phone call and was like, you know what? I'm going to take another half hour for myself. I'll call her back in a half hour. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Or I'll call her back tomorrow. Did the police ask those questions? Yeah, maybe she was just like, I'm in for the night. I want to eat my mac and cheese, take a bath, like do do my little things. I just I don't want to be on the phone tonight. And it sounds like if she's in sales, she's on the phone all day. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, I agree with you, though. I'm glad. Thank you. There must be something we're missing that made them so certain of that timeline. Could you find it? I didn't find it. No, I don't know. Okay. If someone else has an idea of something we're missing, let us know. So police start talking to the friends and reading Teresa's diary. I hate when they do that. I always feel so guilty. I feel dirty. I feel like they should have a woman detective on the case because I think that like it, well, for two reasons, because then maybe she would understand the phone thing a little bit better. Maybe she would have a little more intuition on that. But then also I feel like, I would just I would feel better if I was deceased that if a female detective was reading your diary because she would maybe better understand some of the stuff that I was talking about. I don't and I'm not saying that that they are insensitive. I don't know these men, but I'm just saying I think it would help to have a variety. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maybe they asked for other women around the precincts advice. Maybe I doubt it. Let's be real. So. At one time, she had said to her friend, and this weirds me out. I don't like this. She said she would come home and the DVD player was on. Sometimes she would come home and the TV was on a different station than she had it on when she left. Nope. No. And she was just getting this really weird feeling that someone was in her house. So creepy. I get, I got goosebumps. I don't like that at all. If you had a conversation with me like that, I would be on the next flight. Yeah. I would be like, we're solving this now. Police are going to come to the, Oliver's going to sleep out front in the car. Like we would have stakeouts. We would be ready while you go to work. I'm going to stay here and like hide. So they don't know I'm here and see if someone breaks in. Hide behind a bush with binoculars. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Full on stakeout mode. I think that maybe Teresa was playing it off because I think these were good friends. I think that she was more like, I don't know, it's weird. But also, why do you think it's just weird? I would be, that would freak you out, right? Freaking out. I would be so freaked out. Yeah. Because it also either A, you're losing your mind. It happens. You're losing your mind. There was a glitch. You don't remember. You changed the channel. There was an electricity surge or something weird happened. But if it's happening more than once, 
No. And also it's just a feeling. And sometimes feelings are the most important thing. She she felt like women have women intuition that they should listen to. She felt like something was off in that. Like something is weird here. So so Mank asked, did she change her locks, which is a great question. But apparently she did not change her locks, which let's all just change our locks right now. Just because I think that's fair. I'm going to now. I'm just going to do it tomorrow. Do we have an ad for a lock locksmith service? Yeah, that would be great. That would be great right here. Wait a minute. When she talks to the friend, how many weeks or months before this incident at the house with the blood? This was pretty recent, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it was pr- pretty recent. Like within a month? Maybe, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. So Mank is doing a West Wing walk and talk a little Aaron Sorkin walking down this grass filled street and he is wearing this jacket that we will get to and no hanky. It was chaos. Stupendous. Chaos. I need more stability. I'm sorry. This is an old episode. He changed it up a little more. I think he keeps it the same now. Maybe. Maybe for the viewers, I think. Yeah, because he is he kind of has to have a pocket square now. So a week later, after Teresa's gone missing, the dad is in church praying and it's the litany of the saints. And he says to his wife, Teresa's mom, he said, Teresa's going to be found today because she just became a saint. And she was found that day, which is, oh, my God, fate line. Don't do this to us. She was found three miles from her house, wrapped in towels and blankets, down an embankment in standing water, which is horrible. Yeah. They think she was strangled and maybe sexually assaulted, but they aren't sure. They actually think this sexual assault was staged to make it look like that was the motive, perhaps. And that wasn't really the motive. That's interesting. We don't see that a lot. No, we don't. The blankets came from her home. The rope and the duct tape did not. So they were the killers. There's a drop of blood on her camisole from the killer. But it's going to take a long time, months and months and months before the DNA results for the blood came back. So police don't know if they're looking for a killer or killers. The body was dropped in a very difficult area. Oh, and the metal. Don't forget the metal on the stairs. They had found that little metal ring on the stairs and it was a pop off of the bra part of her camisole. Gotcha. So that's why they know that it started by the stairs is because that's where the metal ring was found because that strap broke there. And there was also a footprint on the stairs. Yep. Yeah. So the body is dropped down a difficult area. Walk. You'd have to walk down 25 feet of these big rocks like boulders carrying the body. And the police say when they were doing it in daylight, carrying a notebook, it was hard for them. So they don't know how they would carry someone down there without help. So the one detective thinks that it was one killer job and the partner thinks it was two killers and they never got past that disagreement. They still haven't spoken to this day. The end. Good job, Kimberly. Bye, everyone. Follow us on Never got past it. They just gave up on solving the case. No, but it did feel like tension. (laughs) They did not agree. No, it felt like they were. I'm happy that they both disagreed, actually, because it means they weren't going to get pigeonholed. It means both of them were looking for different things. So then you can cover all the bases, right? You can go off of this theory or this theory. But either way, you're going to get information. But also she is five zero. She's five feet tall. Yeah. 
she's small. So someone maybe with muscles could carry her down the embankment, right? Yeah, it would just be difficult and at night. So it would be difficult. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibility, just very difficult. There would have been easier places to leave her body. So the case hasn't been solved now in a few years. We're jumping ahead a few years. Mm. And the Vegas police are sharing their case files with the one, (laughs) the only, drumroll please, Dateline's Unsolved Case Squad. Remember them? In case you don't remember, it's my favorite thing ever. It's our favorite thing. I like it too. It's... We last saw them in Miss Missing in Paradise, I believe, which was a manky when he was barefoot on the beach with khakis rolled up at the ankle. And that's... Was that a Patreon? No, I don't think so. Oh, good. Okay. I just, I'm so excited. I would like to cover every episode they're in. There always seem to be mankeys. It's always mankeys. So if anyone wants to make me a list. So... We could ask him. We have Dwayne Stanton retired homicide detective who famously worked on the Chandra Levy case. And you know, he tells everyone that even though that case is technically unsolved. So that was a big deal though. But it's okay. It was a big case and they did get someone, but then it just didn't work out. So yeah, it was a weird, tricky case. So Yolanda McClary. Oh my gosh. Yolanda fans will recognize her from the earlier seasons of Cold Justice And apparently she has a new show on Oxygen. And I don't know why I don't get Oxygen. My cable company, no Oxygen. Yolanda is also a crime scene investigator, famous crime scene investigator. And they based the Marg Helgenberger on CSI after her. She's a total badass of a lady. Yes, ma'am. And John Lewin, who we have seen in many Datelines. Anytime they're in L.A., we've seen him. And Katie never recognizes what he looks like. I had no idea. I thought I the only person that I kind of know now is that Matt guy, Matt Murphy. Yeah, Matt Murphy. No, we've seen John Lewin so many times. And every time you don't remember him. I did not remember him this time. (laughs) I didn't know I was supposed to remember him. I remembered the other two. Good. Well, he doesn't. What is he doing that's standing out to me? I don't know. It's just he's eating an apple or doing something like he always has a thing that he does. He doesn't have a thing. He needs like physical comedy. He's a medium sized white man in a suit. What am I supposed to do? Right. I got you. He doesn't even have like a facial hair for me to be like, oh, with the eyebrows. Right. Or like a mole or something where you can like make it stand out. Adult braces. Anything would help me on this. Got nothing. He's very well known in his field, but that is not visually recognizable. So he specializes in cold cases in L.A. And he anytime it's like a famous L.A. case, we've seen him on Dateline. And so we get a lot of quick shots in black and white because for dramatic effect of the unsolved case squad. And then the three and Mank do this pose for the camera where it's like almost like our turnaround, but it's like pose for the camera. And Dwayne puts his hand on Yolanda's shoulder and Mank dramatically puts his hand in his pocket. And it was very dramatic. I can't think of another word. It's amazing. It's theatrical. Was there a flare, a series with them on it? Yeah. Was there like their own series? 
No, they think they just they call it like Datelines Unsolved case squad but i think they've only been in a few episodes i'm sorry i feel like this was maybe or maybe a lot and i think this was supposed to be a series like does this feel like something a spinoff yes yeah it could definitely well could have been and i think that they should return to that idea i think so too but i think they've all moved on to bigger and better things well then get new people not that anything's bigger than dateline Nothing's bigger than Dateline. Get new investigators then. That guy from Las Vegas retired. Go get him. What's he doing? Well, I really like these three. I think you'd like other ones. You'd learn to love again. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I guess I would. Yeah, you're, I would learn to love again. You do. You, you always do. So Yolanda thinks that two people did it. And Lewin thinks that it was one person that did it, but then got help moving the body. Well, no, duh. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to be so rude. But like... But you just said someone could have done it by themselves. Right. But like, that's not really that two people did it then. Then you also think that... I feel like that means you think one person did it. Correct. Yes. Which is why it's different than what Yolanda thinks. And she thinks two people killed her. Correct. Yes. Okay. I don't it made you very mad. I don't feel like you can pick one and two. I think you have to choose. You can't say, well, it's one at this point and then two at this point. Right. It's a cop out. Yeah, I get you. Sorry, I'm not angry with him. He seems okay. I don't know him. Is he okay? <laughs> this is like your relationship with Brenda Strong. It's like, <laughs> I don't have a relationship with Brenda Strong. I'm jealous of Brenda Strong because she got my job. I didn't apply. I didn't know they were taking applications and I don't have the name recognition. So I'm not going to get that job. But this guy, I don't, I don't know. He seems fine. I guess. He's fine. He's put away a lot of bad guys and I don't, I, maybe he's polarizing figure. I don't know, but I think Mank likes him. And so that's good enough for me. Okay, good. So he doesn't deserve my hostility. We might, am, Adam, can you make me sound nicer at that point? That'd be great. No, I think it's better. I think it's so much better. It is until Mank gets mad at me and then I regret it. No, Mank won't get mad at you. So Dwayne decides to not say what he thinks happened, but he's instead going to show us. He preaches the show, not tell. And so he decides to do a dramatic reenactment with Yolanda. No, do it with John. <laughs> well, Yolanda is a female and Teresa is a female. So maybe that's why. But maybe just because he felt more comfortable manhandling Yolanda because he really manhandles her. He like spins her around. He does ask for permission, though. He's like, can you just turn around? And I, f I feel like maybe they had practiced it ahead of time, but maybe not. I think maybe we, they had a couple takes of this. Yeah, because she didn't seem surprised in this take. No, I think maybe in the first one she did. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> but then they had to redo it. Oh, we're doing this? Okay. She's like, oh, okay. I know what you're doing now. Try again. Try again. Take two. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you. So he grabs her from behind around her waist in like a big bear hug. And she's holding a pretend invisible towel rack, kind of like clutching it with both hands. And then she flings it up and pretend pulls this invisible towel rack off the wall and it hits Dwayne in the face, the invisible towel rack. So they think that during the struggle in the bathroom, she pulled the towel rack off the wall and it hit the 
killer in the face. And that's why the killer was bleeding in the bathroom. They think that she was holding on to the towel rack when he was pulling her from behind out the door and it came off the wall and hit him on accident. I see what they're talking about, but I honestly think that there is a good chance that if she ran to the bathroom first, she was looking for a weapon and yanked that thing off the wall and hit him on purpose. Mm, That's interesting. I didn't think about that. I think she might have tried to defend herself with it. That's totally, that's very interesting. I think it would be hard for, think about it, the trajectory. Well, she is five feet, so she's little. So if the person is that much taller than her and is grabbing her, yes, if she pulled it off the wall and flung it back, it would hit him for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's awkward. I feel like there is a a chance that she purposefully hit him. Good for her. And Yolanda went on to a famous career in Reimagine Actimens on Cold Justice because they would do that all the time. Kelly and Yolanda would just be like, we'll get on the floor. Let's do it. Like, just start. That's how you get the job done. You got to figure it out. Yep, You got to get dirty. Yeah. Yeah. So Mank asks the squad if the person has committed murder before and they say no, they don't think the the person's committed murder before, but they watch a lot of murder movies and think that they know what to do. Oh, boy, that's was that shade for the killer. Yes, it was. So Lewin says it's they were smart enough to do some things like they moved the body, but then they were stupid because they left her purse there which makes it look like not a robbery, which they could have staged it like a robbery. So they did some things good and some things dumb. And because of this, it limits who the suspects are. So since they know it wasn't a robbery, it's like someone personal, someone that didn't like her. And that's a very small group of people. She was very well liked. So mainly the police, what's the expression you're making? Yeah, I guess it could be someone that didn't like her, but I also think we have not ruled out someone that was hanging around her apartment that wasn't supposed to be there that's not in her circle. I don't think we should be ruling that out. I don't like that it had to be someone she knew. And what was the motivation to kill her? Was it a sexual assault? That would be yes. But they don't think 100% she was. They don't know, though. And so this could be a try to be that. And then it didn't work out if this was somebody's first time. Does that make sense? Like this just seems I mean, I think there are some things that they're sort of I think that the feeling that someone was in her apartment is really important. Yeah. And they kind of let that go away. And I think that the stalking angle is a good angle. Yeah. They are going for someone personal and they go towards her ex-fiance, Jeff Fenton. So he used to live in that house with her which means he does have a key still. She didn't change her locks, so he could have been letting himself in. He tells police he wants to help as much as possible. And in fact, he was actually one of the coworkers that went there to look for her, to check if she was okay. And he said he didn't want to touch anything. He was really nervous he was going to find her. He didn't want to open the trunk. He was scared he was going to find her. I did not like that. You did not like that. I did not like him. I'll just say that right away. It just seemed kind of, what if she was hurt? Like, what if she was hurt somewhere or she was still alive? Well, not in the trunk of the car, though, probably. But what if she was? What if she was clinging to life and all you had to do was pop the trunk, Jeff? I guess. 
it had been a couple days though, I think. So they were probably. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I, it felt real to me because I've said many times, I don't know if I would like want to see it, but. You're right. And he was honest. He was honest. I feel like, yeah, I don't know what I would do in that situation though. Maybe I would just want to be a brave person and look for them. Hard to tell. I'm not generally brave. So I think you are. You're braver than you give yourself credit for. We also, we see him. We should say that. He is in an actual interview. We get to see his interrogation room video. So mark it off your bingo cards. Yeah. Teresa and Jeff got engaged after only two months of dating. Just short. That's very short. Her parents liked him. He asked for the dad's blessing. They thought he was okay at first. But then, yeah, the dad, I'm sure, loved that. But there were weird things about Jeff, mainly that he always seemed to be sick. This was very strange. So he came to visit Teresa's parents for a week, and every single day he had a different ailment of some sort. And the mom says to Mank, <laughs> like, every day he had a different ailment. God can strike me dead. Like, with her hand up, like, if I'm lying... God can strike me dead. I thought it was almost like she had said that about something else. I was like, we don't we don't think you're lying. I, she felt very defensive. No, we, did. we never thought you were lying. We don't. No one said you were lying. We are fully with you. I'm sure he did. And all the pictures we're seeing of him in B-roll is like him literally lounging on a couch. Yeah, he's on the couch. Yeah. In every picture. Also, I find that really annoying. I find it very strange. Also, yes, annoying. He complained about stress, headaches, panic attacks. These are all real. We're not mocking these. But he seemed to have them all the time every day. And he stayed home all the time. And she would stay home with him. Like she stopped going out with her friends. She was staying home to take care of him. He sounds like a real catch, I have to say. A 30-year-old man who's only 30 who you constantly have to bring heating pads to and ointments and pat their knee and sympathize with their headaches. But where are they when you have your period? They are nowhere to be found. No, he doesn't feel good. Yeah, he doesn't feel good. It's the perfect excuse. And he's constantly on WebMD finding new ailments. I, honestly, I think he sounds to me like just the best candidate for better health. Absolutely. And you know why? Because it takes one to know one. I know that I could also really use some better help. So guess what I did? I logged on, figured it out. And now I'm using BetterHelp for myself. Yay! BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and you can send a message to your counselor at any time. I know that I get timely and thoughtful responses from my counselor. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you're the most comfortable with. BetterHelp is committed to creating great matches between you and your counselor, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed for any reason at all, which is incredibly helpful. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for people who qualify. That's awesome. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, LGBTQ plus matters, grief, self-esteem, Everything that you share with your counselor is confidential. It's super convenient. They're incredibly professional. 
And again, they're affordable. And if you don't believe me or my experience, please go check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. It's what convinced me to take the leap. So check them out. A lot of people are getting some help with BetterHelp. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you want to start living a happier, healthier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash dateline. Join over 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health. 1 million plus one, that is. That's betterhelp.com slash dateline for 10% off your first month. Because we could all use a little better help. Yay. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thanks, BetterHelp. So turns out that Teresa and Jeff were engaged for about a year, and he broke off the engagement five weeks before the wedding. Boo. He had no real excuse. He just said the generic, I can't do this anymore. Boo. I feel like I see a lot on TV, but I guess people say it a lot in real life, too, and that's why I see it so much on TV. Because they've seen it on TV. So people use that a lot. They use it. Yeah. It's a real catch-all. It's really like for anything. The dog is barking. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Can't do this anymore. How dare you? Ralphie, I can't do this anymore with you. Cease. I'm sorry. Are we not also going to talk about the fact that the dog that he gave her is a King Charles Spaniel? It was some sort of Spaniel. I don't know if it was a King Charles. It looked like a mix. It looked maybe like a little Cocker Spaniel, too. Did definitely a mix. So cute. There's a photo of him with the laying on the couch because he had a headache. And I'm not, again, not making fun of headaches. Headaches are, he might have migraines. They're very bad. We don't know what his deal was. We don't know what his many ailments were. Everyone seemed to be annoyed by it. That's what we're going off of. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we are. And yeah, the puppy was so cute. Yeah. It was real. I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of spaniels though. Oh, I am too. I know. I am too. Trust me. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Oh, trust trust me, Katie. Because you've been looking my at the hand you've to been, God. Hand I to am God. lying. I am a fan of spaniels. May he strike me dead. <laughs> if I don't love a spaniel, that's all. So Teresa was heartbroken about the wedding. We hear from her diary. This is a horrible dream. I have no real answers, just my new white dress hanging in the closet for me to stare at. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so sad. And it's so beautiful the way they did this, that they did like sort of her handwriting or like a really pretty handwriting layered over the top. I don't know. We don't don't see that a lot, right? We see like typing or whatever. But do we often see like the handwriting? No, usually we would see actual photos of the the journal. Yeah. We don't usually see like an illustrated, a fancy version. That's a good point. It kind of got me. I liked it. Yeah. There was a girl's name on the caller ID and. On his caller Teresa, ID. On his caller ID. And Teresa was suspicious of it. It's a girl that she worked with. And mm. Teresa thought, is something going on there? And sure enough, when Jeff broke off the engagement, he started dating this other girl right away. Melissa. Melissa Ball. And Melissa Ball. Melissa, let's have a ball. That's what Melissa he Melissa Ball's her. in your court. <laughs> Melissa Ball's to the wall. There we go. <laughs> Melissa Ballsy to start dating this co-worker's ex-fiance. 
Um, oh, that's right. We're going to give her a review on Yelp, right? <laughs> I don't know. We don't know what happened here. Really, he's the schmo. Right. I just, yeah, it shouldn't, you shouldn't always blame the woman. He did it too. He's I, the... I don't. Oh, no, he fully did it. I blame him way more than Melissa. She just got caught up in it. And here we are. So he starts dating her immediately after the engagement, almost as if they had been dating before. Unsure. So... Teresa has to work every day with Melissa and her ex-fiance who are boning. I am hoping this office is large. Casinos are big and Rio is a big one. So I am hoping she had a place to hide. I just felt so impressed because the friend said she was trying to be classy and sort of when they go low, we go high. And I was so impressed because if it was me and I had to work with Melissa and Jeff, I would have been pulling every single prank that Jim pulled on the Dwight in the office. I would have been like coins in the headset, sending faxes to them from the future, making them think I'm a vampire, everything. Like every, I would just go episode by episode. I would try to make their lives miserable. You're literally so nice because I think 90% of our listeners right now are being like, yeah, I'd key your car. Yeah, no, <laughs> I would. I'm kidding. Like, seriously, you're very nice then. I would steal her pet turtle and I don't know. I wouldn't want to hurt it. I was trying to think of something like poison her cat, but I would never do that. I would never hurt an animal. No, absolutely not. Nothing that bad. I think it's more like you might make up something to your boss that she did something that she didn't do. I think people would do that. Bad. What about like swap out her shampoo with Nair? No, you have to do something in the office. Because that's okay. where you see What her. about she brings egg salad to work every day and I swap it with a, a sandwich I made at home, but instead of mayo, I use toothpaste. Yeah, there you go. Or like conditioner, something that doesn't smell minty. Mm-hmm. You use Pantene. There we mm-hmm. go. But then I feel like I, that's kind of close to poisoning someone. And I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. She would know the minute she took a bite. Yeah, so it wouldn't be enough to poison her. I yeah. don't think pantene tastes like mayonnaise, but I have not eaten conditioner in a really long time. So. <laughs> it's been years. It's been years. It's been a minute. Yeah. So Jeff and Teresa were civil with each other, but this sounds like a little bit more than civil because she had to work overnight one time at the casino and she had Jeff stay over and watch the dog. And this was just two weeks before the murder. And... Technically, he did get her the dog. So kind of maybe he f- felt like part owner. He's kind of part owner, but it still makes me uncomfortable. I would have had a friend watch the dog. I feel like especially with the whole someone's being in my house lately. I feel like. Yeah, which didn't seem to worry her that much. I had a thought on this. I think the dog might be difficult. Not saying he's still not a good boy, but I think if he's difficult, then you would want the dad there, right? He knows how to handle the dog. And like a friend might not be able to handle the dog. Correct. Yeah, that's possible. Spaniels can be high strung. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. The only other thing I can think of is that she was kind of trying to win him back, which I'm really, really hoping that's not it because that's also a very good ploy for that. I don't feel like she was. The friend said she, because she was maybe even thinking about moving away and going to grad school. So I don't think she was trying to win him back, but maybe. I don't know. I've I've done that. Yeah. No, and it's also she didn't leave town, right? It was just that she was working long hours. Right. She was just working overnight at the hotel. Yeah. 
Let's see. I don't know. I hope not. I, I hope, hope not. not. Let's go with no. Let's L- go I want to no. be wrong on that. Okay. Ladies, be your own dog sitter. Yes. There we go. The WAG app. Be your own babysitter. Yeah. You don't need to hi- have your ex do that. So on the day she disappeared, she went to her friend's office and said, "Ugh, I just got into a fight with Jeff. This is the day she disappeared. And Mank asked the friend. I can't. I'm so, yeah. I can't. Go for it. I'm so mad. I need better help. What was the fight about, friend? Best friend? Wasn't best friend. Wasn't best friend. It was the one she moved to Vegas with, wasn't it? It didn't seem like they were that good of friends. They were like neighbors, but she wasn't in the friends. Well, they lived together before she moved in with Jeff in the house. Wasn't it that girl? It was that girl. And so she moved She moved to Vegas with that girl and, re- and were roommates. Have you always been friends with your roommates? Yeah, most of the time. Okay. I think that sometimes you cannot get along with a roommate. Yeah. Oh, I've n- also not gotten along with a roommate. Yeah. Correct. And so then you just kind of aren't that great of friends afterwards, but they did work together. Yeah. And the reason that I know that they weren't that great of friends is because what you're about to talk about right now. I, or it's just the friend's personality. Which is unacceptable in this case. Or I do have another theory. So the f- so she goes to the friend's office. I just had a fight with Jeff. And so Mank says to the friend, what was the fight about? And the friend says, you know, I don't even remember. I just sort of said the generic, like, it's okay. Don't worry about it sort of thing. This is the day she disappeared. So when she disappears, wouldn't you immediately go back to the last conversation you had with her and remember what the fight was about? The only thing that I can think of is that she did talk about Jeff or fights with Jeff all the time. Mm -hmm. And the friend maybe zoned out a little bit, like the cousin who's going through a bad breakup and Teresa put them on ignore. Allegedly, we don't know. Allegedly screened the cousin's call. This blew my mind that she did not remember what the phone call was about. Yeah. Also, first of all, you're incredibly good at remembering everything. Yeah, that's true. So I knew that it would be hard for you. But even for me, who forgets a lot of stuff. Yeah, I would remember this because it's been documented that you kind of, well, this is the whole Adnan thing, right? Like you remember things that happen on a day that a major event takes place. But again, They didn't know when a major event had taken place until a few days later when she didn't show up for work. I had the exact same thought as you. I said, well, if it's a major day, you remember everything, but they wouldn't know it's a major day. But it was the last time she spoke to her, probably, and was the last day she saw her. So within two days, you know she's missing and something terrible's happened. There's blood at her house. And you don't remember that conversation. And you don't remember what the fight was about. Then that means legitimately you weren't listening. Yeah, I just think she wasn't listening. Fully weren't listening if you can remember no details of it. I'm hoping she remembered more to tell the police at the time. And she just has forgotten since because it's been a very long time. I'm really hoping Because also what got me is that she's not apologetic in the slightest for being able to remember. I would be embarrassed. And mortified. I would be mortified in front of Josh Mankiewicz. Yes. He doesn't really push her on it, though, which was nice of him. Because maybe if I was the host, I'd be like, really? Did he give her an eyebrow? We don't see his face. That was gracious of Dateline to not cut to see his eyebrow. He gave her an eyebrow, right? 
He did. He for sure in real life gave her an eyebrow. Yeah. So now the police ask Jeff, what was this fight about that you had with her the day she went missing? And Jeff tells the police we didn't have a fight. Jeff. Is it possible? So he's lying or. Or he just thinks it wasn't a fight and she thinks it was a fight, which is possible. Totally possible. Or was the friend confusing this with another day? Yes. And Anne wasn't listening. Or was it less of a fight and more of like an encounter that upset her? Like she was upset because of what I said. She was hoping that to rekindle things with him in some way. And they had a conversation that went badly. Yeah, there's lots of options here. That's not a fight. I don't feel like she said the word. Well, the friend says like, I went at it with Jeff, which sounds like a mutual fight. But again, the friend doesn't remember. So I don't know if the friend's words are accurate here. Can we trust anyone? Who can we trust? I don't know. It's Vegas. Everything stays there, but nothing actually goes anywhere. You, oh, that was good. You were real close on that. I was like, just going to get a good one. It's good. It's still good. It's good. You said it with confidence. Just say it with confidence. You're fine. <laughs> I tried. So Jeff and Melissa have an alibi for the night of the murder. If the murder takes place when the police think it does. There we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they were at a car dealership buying a new car at the time of the murder. La-di-da. I know. Fancy. Oh, nice for you. <laughs> and your new life together, buying cars. Yeah, exactly. Making plans. Hmm. Police thought that the man who had panic attacks and was stressed all the time, Jeff, didn't seem very stressed by the murder. In the interrogation room, Jeff says, it's just really upsetting. I mean, I'm upset. Literally exactly like that. Maybe even not as much emotion as you're showing. Yeah, less maybe. It's very much like the doctor in Fatal Attraction. It's like a lot of these very no emotion men on Dateline. Yeah. So the detective, this was my favorite. The detective says, when I get upset, I'm upset. (laughs) You right now don't appear upset. You're like flatline. And you're saying, watch me, watch me. I'm really upset. But it seems like nothing really bothers you. And Jeff has three reasons why these this is possible. Number one, he hasn't really processed the murder yet. Okay? Okay. All right. Number two, he was taking anxiety medication. Okay? Okay. He's taking too much then or is on some sort of sedative. Then it's off. Yeah. If it's his normal dosage, it should he should still be able to have some emotions at a murder. At a murder of your almost fiance, like your almost wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But maybe he's on some sort of sedative. Barbiturates. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going back to it. Can I go back to it? Drugs. Drugs. Fentanyl did it. Because his last name is Fenton. Brilliant. Number three. Allegedly. Yeah. The third possibility that the reason he gives why he's not that upset is he's confused by all the questions because he knows he didn't do it. Oh, so he's just dumb. He's just confused. He's just not bright. Doesn't he have like a big job as like working sales at Caesars? I didn't know he was at Caesars. I thought he was at Rio. He worked for Caesars in charge of their entertainment properties, one of which is Rio. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. They do. So he has a good job. 
Yeah. Senior analyst, whatever that is. It sounds like not a job that you would have if you were very easily confused by questions. Maybe it's a very math heavy job. <laughs> yeah. And he d- they're speaking English. <laughs> That's too hard. If they were asking him like two plus seven equals did you murder her? Yeah, it's real weird. His reactions are the most off I've seen in a while. And I don't like that there's three reasons why. That makes me think you're lying, that you have three reasons to explain your lack of emotions. I thought you were big on the rule of three. Not in terms of excuses. Oh, so there are qualifiers on this rules of three thing? Yeah. You should email them to me so I'm aware. The rule of three is for comedy purposes, usually. (laughs) It's not like you need three... Or like in writing, you use like threes or like if you're writing a script, you'd have the same comma, like the same callback happen three times, not two, because that's not enough. Four is too many. Three. Oh, okay. But three excuses for why you are not emotional emotional. (laughs) sounds like too many excuses. I think the medication would have been enough. I think he should have just said that. Just the medication. Yeah. Just say that. Yep. So they bring in the new girlfriend, Melissa Ball, who is only 23 years old, and she's wearing a kerchief. Kerchief. <laughs> she's wearing a kerchief on her head like she's cleaning the house. Like Rosie the Riveter. We can do it. Like we can do it. She tells them they were at the car dealership the night of the murder. And she says, there's no way in hell he would ever hurt that woman about Jeff. Now he calls her that woman, which I noticed right away. That she calls her that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then later on, the squad will notice that. Maybe we should just be honest, new squad. I think I've said that every time we see them. I was going to see if you'd gotten an invitation yet because I have not. No. And when I said that maybe they should start it up again. You meant us? <laughs> was... Dateline, would you like to do a spinoff where amateur professional sleuths come on and help you solve cases? With no qualifications, except hours of TV watching. That's a lot. That's a lot. No, I have murder in my family. I can do it. I'm qualified. That's it. That's what it takes. That's all it takes. Um, And then also, no, we don't have any other qualifications. Maybe we need to take a night class. Yeah. Is there a night class we could take? Or maybe we just need a third person that gives us legitimacy. I've got a lawyer friend. But not like murder lawyer. Maybe she'll know a murder lawyer. She does contractual lawyer stuff. That's not the same. Maybe we could get her on a murder trial somehow. Let me let me think about this. I'll come up with an idea. Okay. (laughs) So she works in L.A., right? Maybe she knows John Lewin. Oh, yeah, she might. Yeah. I'm just going to go down to his office. (laughs) Just say Katie does never remembers you. I'm going to get a cameo with his video and then you can watch it every time he appears on a dateline. This is going to be great because he's going to be like, number one, who's Katie? (laughs) What's a date with dateline? Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No idea. And I'll be like, we know Josh Mankiewicz. We know Josh Mankiewicz. And he'd call Josh. Do you know these girls? Josh is like, um, not really. Yeah. Not really. That's great. (laughs) So Melissa admits to the police She didn't like Jeff sleeping over there to watch the dog. She said in the relationship, Teresa made him feel guilty about a lot of things. And she felt like that's what Teresa was doing in that situation. 
like guilting him into watching the dog. He should feel guilty. He broke up with her five weeks before their wedding. She, they, I'm sure that they had things like planned, like the venue and food and invitations. Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing. It is. And also she lives in Niagara Falls in New York. It's probably like a close-knit community and they all knew about it, I'm sure. With those parents, everyone knew about it. And then all and they probably invited 300 of their closest friends. And also, you know, she did all the work because he's sick all the time. Mm hmm. Oh, I'm just that's a great point. Just so mad. All right. That's a really good point. Okay, so the squad thinks that perhaps Melissa thinks Teresa was maybe trying to get him back by having him watch the dogs, much like Katie thought. Oh, I did not remember her saying that. I feel bad now. Regardless that it was some sort of connection between them that she didn't want them to have. Yeah, you have a dog together. Yeah, and a lot of history that you guys don't have yet. But Melissa and Jeff will have soon have history because Melissa had just found out she was pregnant days before, which is your catalyst. That is your inciting event on Criminal Minds they would call it the stressor. Oh. That is your stressor, the the trigger that makes you kind of do something bad, if it's her. So police say she's pregnant with this guy's baby. He's still close with his ex-fiance. He's divorced, by the way. So he's divorced his first wife. He broke off with the engagement five weeks before the wedding with his second fiance. And now he's with you and you're pregnant with his child, you would feel some sort of way about that. You would feel self-conscious. Yeah, I'd be worried. I'd be worried for sure. Mm -hmm. Police also feel like Melissa is not as upset at Teresa's murder as she could be compared to all the other people that worked at the Rio that were crying and hysterical and calling them for you know, to give tips or ideas. They were worried, is she being stalked by someone in the hotel? Is there someone crazy that we know that killed her? Like, they were all concerned. And Teresa is wearing her handkerchief. She doesn't seem that concerned. Why are you concerned about the handkerchief? You know that's to cover greasy hair, right? It's common if you haven't washed your hair in a few days. I don't like it for a police interrogation. That's all I'm saying. But if you had to go down to the station right now, Like if they said, we need you down here. Can you be here in 15 minutes? That's what you'd throw on if you didn't have like a hat. Katie, are there any other items of clothing you can think that would make you feel confident in your life and be able to perform better? Yeah, I can think of a few. Actually, I can think of two. They go on each of my feet and it's called Bombas. Oh, if you out there are trying this newfangled idea of exercising and being healthy. We're coot. Yeah, you're doing good things for your body and your mind. And you can maybe notice that when you're exercising, there are a lot of things that can make your recoups, your workouts hard. Your socks shouldn't make your workout harder, though. That's why Bombas Performance socks are built to be nothing but comfortable and completely supportive. Bombas Performance socks have taken all the amazing innovations that make Bombas seriously the most comfortable socks you've ever worn and added their special hex tech performance technology. Yes. Bombas. I love a hex tech. It's so good, especially with Halloween coming. Hex tech. They really need to 
need to do a Halloween series. <laughs> Bombas performance socks are stitched with special moisture wicking yarn and temperature regulating vents that allow cool air to flow in and prevent overheating. They're like a magical sock. It's a miracle, truly. It really is. They come with this pillow-like tab to keep you from blisters. They stay up all the time. That's what I love. The calf high socks stay up and they stay up without making me feel like they're too tight. I love it. They have a special arc hugging system and an extra layer of cushiony comfort. You wear calf high socks? What What do you mean? They just don't go mid-calf. They go to your ankle. They go mid, mid-calf. mid Oh, they do? That's what you wear? Yeah. Oh. I have some ankle socks too, but most 90% of the time I wear my performance socks from Bombas are calf high. I had no idea. Yeah, I really, I don't know. I like them. And also- I always wear ankles. They provide, like, I need compression. So they provide a little bit of compression the way Bombas fits. I apologize for the interruption. There we go. It's important. It's an important distinction. That's the cool thing. Also, when you go on the website, you can choose whatever level you're looking for. So they have this extra layer of cushiony comfort on the bottom for the perfect amount of support. Again, they come in every different style. So it helps you optimize your performance and keep you comfortable no matter what you're doing. I buy Bombas in bulk because I'm terrified of the dryer eating one and then just having one of the sock. I can't have that. And yes, I actually have probably one of each style, including the performance socks, which I adore. I love the performance socks. If you're a walker, a workout person, these are a great sock to have. So you like the ankle ones? I like the ankle performance sock. They give me arch support and they cushion the bottom so my bottom of my feet don't hurt. Miracle. All Bombas socks are miracles. And I'm really getting into these new slippers. They're not new, new, but they're pretty new. They're slippers with grippy on the bottom. I'm asking for them for Christmas. I very, very much want them. Very nice. They look amazing. And like all their socks, for every pair of Bombas Performance socks that you buy, they donate a pair to someone in need. And they have donated over 45 million pairs so far, which is unbelievable. So what are you waiting for? Go to bombas.com slash date dateline today and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S bombas.com forward slash date dateline for 20% off bombas.com forward slash date dateline. Try the performance socks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bombas. Hex text. Hex tech. That's right. That's what we did last time instead of hi, see, yeah. <laughs> uh, are you having a good time in your Bombas socks now? Yeah. <laughs> so police give Jeff and Melissa polygraphs. And oh my God. They both showed deception on the most important questions. Did you cause Melissa's death? Deception. Did you know she was dead before her body was found? Deception. This is huge. It's big. I mean, they're not admissible in court, but they are great for the gearing the investigation. Yep. Not gearing, veering the investigation. And gearing, gearing up. Sure. Gearing up. Vroom, vroom. So... Then something extraordinary happens, which they never see. Towards the end of the polygraph, Melissa suddenly got very upset, started crying, grabs her purse and runs out of the room, like rips the cup cuff off her arm, runs out of the room, leaves. Pregnancy? Maybe pregnancy hormones. So back to the squad. 
make asked the squad, is this normal? And they said, it's quite odd. Most people will stay. They will, they want to convince people they didn't do it. So they'll answer whatever questions they have to. But at least Melissa's showing emotion. You guys were so upset that she wasn't showing emotion before. She can't win with you guys. No, Melissa was showing emotion. He wasn't showing emotion. No, she also wasn't showing emotion. Oh, they felt like she wasn't showing the right emotion. Right, right, right. Okay. The squad discusses that she does refer to her as that woman. He would never hurt that woman. John Lewin especially thinks that, I mean, they knew each other well. They work together every day. Detachment and anger and hostility. Those are things you might expect to hear from her when Teresa's alive, but she's now been murdered. And like, she still feels that way towards her. Interesting. It's very interesting. But I don't know if those feelings go away just because the person dies. I don't know. I don't know either. And I would think that if you did kill her, you'd be trying harder to, you know, I don't know if you would be saying that woman. I think you would be trying to downplay your feelings. Right. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. Or maybe she thinks that we have an alibi, an airtight alibi. So or that. Yep. Like I can act however I want to. So. During Jeff's interview, they leave the room and we see him on interrogation and he's sitting there with his head in his hands and Mank does the impression of it and asks the squad about it. And the squad loves it. Dwayne says, I love it. I love it. And he's like, it says to me, oh my God. And Yolanda says, it's the ending. It's like, he's like, this is over. What if I, you know, like I'm cooked or. No, I mean, maybe. She says, this is also the first emotion from him we've gotten the whole time. That's true. And Lewin plays devil's advocate and says, it could mean I didn't do this, but now I'm hearing what the detectives have and I am getting this terrible feeling who did do it. That. Like, I'm starting to think, oh my gosh, was it Melissa? Now I'm going to play additional devil's advocate. There we go. And say... Couldn't it also mean, I know I'm innocent, but they really think I did it. I'm going down for this and I didn't do it. Couldn't it be that sort of thing? Absolutely. Could it also be gearing up so that- Double, double advocate. Double, double advocate. Triple advocate. Could it also be gearing up because he knows there's a camera in there that when they come back in, he's going to say he has a headache, Mm. which he always says, and then cut the interview short. Interesting. So they'll go easy on him because he seems to use his illness. Yes. For various things. So to maybe get out of things he doesn't want to. Sure. So maybe they're going to come back in. He's like, oh, I've got a migraine. Right. Which is not an excuse you can use if you don't have migraines because it ruins it for the people who do. That's the best point you've ever made. True that. Yes. Yes. That's the best point. No, I just meant I wanted to really emphasize what a good point it was because it applies to so many other things that we see on Dateline, people claiming all sorts of things. Right. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It ruins it for the people who actually have it, who are not believed. So a year after the murder, the DNA from the blood in the bathroom finally comes back. Wow. Guess what? It does not match Jeff or Melissa. Well, they had an alibi. I was still shocked. I know I was too. I was still shocked. I know. 
But they had an alibi for the weird time that they think the murder happened, that we don't think the murder happened at that time. So so I guess my theory doesn't even really work that the time isn't right because the blood isn't theirs. Great. I know. That's confusing. I was so excited about my time theory, but then the blood doesn't fit. The blood does not fit. You must acquit. Then we learn another shocker. Melissa and Jeff married a month after the murder month after. I mean, she had just found out she was pregnant, but still. It's cruel. It is. I really don't like it. It's really rough. Wow. Does the Rio, does Caesars Entertainment not have rules against dating your co-workers? Apparently not. Apparently not. No. Anything goes in Vegas, maybe. They might now. Yeah, exactly. So the detectives tell Mank that they weren't that surprised that the blood didn't match. And I like screamed at my TV. I was surprised. (laughs) Well, I was. Yeah. Why weren't they surprised? Yeah. They still think Jeff and Melissa were in on it or know something about it, even if they didn't actually physically do it. I kind of agree. So to this day, neither has been charged. Jeff agrees not to talk to Dateline or Melissa. And... Mank talks to the squad and Dwayne says there's not enough evidence at this junction to charge anyone. Junction? I love when people say junction. Yeah. I'm going to start saying it more often. Instead of juncture, there's not enough evidence at this juncture. That's the saying, right? Juncture. Junction. Juncture. Juncture. Junction. Now they both sound right to me. No, there's not enough evidence at this juncture. It came up right away. Does at this junction mean anything? That means you're at a junction, maybe alone or maybe with people. What about conjunction junction? What's your function? That's the real question. A juncture is a place where things join. And then what's a junction? The act of joining or the state of being joined. Oh, the state of being joined is also a noun. And none of these people on the internet know either because they are all just using a lot of roundabout language. So there you go. So you're not alone. Nobody else in the world knows either. Laura from the fall line will tell us. She's an English professor, but she'll say it nicely. She'll say it really nicely. So Mank says to the squad, listen, I buy that there was a lot of tension between the three of them, but that's a big jump to murder. And Yolanda says, well, Josh, I'm Yolanda McClary. I've been doing this for a long time. And you'll find that there's actually no good reason for murder. And then John Lewin says, the mistake people make, meaning the mistake that you are making, Josh, is that people try to look at motive as reasonable and clear and logical. And it's not. You're expecting the killer to be thinking clearly like you are, but they're not. And that was the end of the Unsolved Case Squad because they were rude. <laughs> Josh Bakowitz. That was the it. We just witnessed the end. That's why they're not coming back. That's why. Maybe they should have checked their attitude at the door. Wow. Maybe next time they'll think twice. We witnessed the fall of a great institution. We certainly did. And it's really unfortunate. It didn't need to happen that way, John Lewitt. No, it didn't. And Yolanda said Josh. Yolanda used his name, Josh. Although they're friends, it's fine. But still, both of them. You notice Dwayne didn't say anything. Smart man. Dwayne was sitting back like, I'm not going to call out Josh Mankiewicz. No, you're not. So smart man. They think it was probably a murder for hire, which 
It's a very good theory. And they think it's going to take a DNA hit on the profile or someone needs to start talking. And Lewin says, sometimes your best friend in law enforcement isn't hard work. It's luck. Is someone coming forward or someone messing up? Yep. And that'll just take time. And so far, there have been no matches in the system. But the two main detectives, they can't wait to solve it. They just, they want to, can't wait to get the full loaf, which sounds delicious. Give me all the bread. But apparently it means a full confession. (laughs) But I still want the full loaf. I had never heard it. Is that a Vegas thing? It must be a cop thing, but I, yeah, I've also never heard it. It seems odd that we would have never heard it. It seems like a Dennis Murphy phrase. And we would go, Dennis, is that a real phrase? Yeah. Hmm. The full loaf. The full loaf. Okay, I'll take it. Yummy. So the one detective retired in 2017 without having solved the case. Teresa's mom is still calling investigators every couple weeks she calls. And she's so precious. She says, I am a pain. I am a nuisance. I am a mother. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are, mom. And then we get such sad news. The father passed away in 2021 without getting those answers to what happened to Teresa. Oh, my God. There is hope for the case. I couldn't believe when I picked this one that it turned out to be unsolved because I could have sworn it was solved. When I started, I was like, I know this one. It's totally solved. No, but there's some updates. So Yolanda still thinks about the case. She starts hearing about this DNA phenotyping, which is when you can see what a person looks like through DNA. Andrea has done it on Dateline. It didn't really look much like Andrea. It did enough. You said that and I disagreed. And I still kind of disagree. I mean, she had blonde hair and blue eyes. I, it wasn't awful. It wasn't awful. It didn't like have her as a black man or anything. But if I saw that photo, I would not have said that's Andrea Canning. She's the murderer. If the, you had said, this is who we're looking for, I wouldn't have been like, oh, that's Andrea Canning. But I guess it gives them a roundabout like, OK, this person is fair haired. It gives you something. They need something. They have nothing right now except those two suspects. But they want something so good that someone's going to be able to go, I know that person. Oh my gosh. So maybe they have it. They have a, Yolanda asks the Las Vegas Police Department to do this sort of as a favor for her because she's still thinking about Teresa's case and she gets what she wants. So they do it and they get this image of a man of Filipino heritage Mm -hmm. and he has dark hair and dark eyes. It's kind of cute. And Yolanda says that she even did the phenotyping on herself. And she says it looked identical to her. Oh, so see, there you go. But she does say that it can't read fat cells. So it'll just show you as like an average size person. But you could look different if you were thinner or heavier, which I thought, can I try it? That sounds kind of cool. But also they're trying to get this picture out to as many people as possible. Hopefully someone from the casino or someone from the apartment complex would see it and be like, like, I've seen that guy hanging around and maybe it was a stalker situation. And that's how he knew she lived alone and could drive the car. And he was obsessed with her. Or maybe it was somebody that worked at the casino that Melissa and Jeff hired to do it. Or just their random friend. Random friend. Yeah. Okay. So I guess... We got to go into this before we do the extras. I don't know. Do you have a lot of extras? No. 
Okay, we got to go into the the big questions. I have a huge question. Where is the dog? Yeah, I knew you were going to have that question. Who's raising the dog? I have a bad feeling that Jeff took the dog back. No! But they're not in prison, so... He has no emotion. We also don't know if they did it. It, This is really hard because they're still out there. And if nothing else, they've been besmirched because it looks like they did it. Yes. So the biggest question that I have is... And I know that they say it at the end of the episode, but literally why then? What do you mean? Why would you need her to die? Why would Jeff and Melissa need that? Because we're trying to think logically about a motive. When if you're a murderer, you're not thinking logically, like Lewin says. And we've seen on Dateline before, love triangles, the other person has to die. If they pose some sort of competition at all, I would think Melissa would be the force behind it if she's pregnant with this guy's baby and she's scared he's going to leave her or go back to her and leave her alone with the baby. Or she's just obsessed with Jeff because she loves his sickly nature. I keep picturing him with like one of those old fashioned ice packs on his head and and the FDR blanket and an FDR blanket and a temperature uh, like an old fashioned glass thermometer coming out of his mouth. They do paint him like that. Yeah. So she that really turns her on or she's just really worried about it. And I've also seen a dateline where the guy cheated on his wife and the wife said, the only way you can make this up to me is if you kill her. I need her to be out of the picture. It happens. I know it's shocking. It doesn't make sense. But does it help you at all? Because none of that helps me. Like not having a reason. I feel like, again, like, the smallest things lead to murder on Datelines all the time. Like, why aren't you just getting a divorce? We could ask this really about anything. There's no excuse for ever murdering someone that would be good enough. But this seemed especially strange because she literally was getting everything she wanted. Melissa was getting, she got her guy. She was now going to have a baby. Like, but she doesn't feel like she has the guy because he's still hanging out with Teresa. We think. Okay. He went and stayed over at her house. The polygraph makes it seem like they're involved, especially knowing how flatline or seeing how flat Jeff was in the interview. Yeah. You would think that he would pass a polygraph based on his, quote, medication, like because he's so flat. That's interesting. We don't see any emotion from him. If he is that highly medicated, he shouldn't be taking a polygraph. Like he should have gotten a lawyer who never would have let him take a polygraph if he's on medication. They both should have gotten lawyers. Yeah. Like immediately. And they might have lawyers now, which is why we need to be very careful. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. So I want to also really quick talk about the stalker angle. I don't know how hard the police looked into that, like neighbors or really Rio is big. The Caesars Entertainment is massive. Like, right. Was someone feeling like they were in her apartment? Does that feel like that could have been Jeff? Why would he do that? I don't. Could it have been Melissa snooping around using his key? Okay. That's what I thought more than Jeff. And Melissa then would have hired someone to kill her and just never told Jeff. I don't know if Jeff knew or not, or if Jeff knew after the fact. Hmm. I know he knows at some point or suspects. And that's probably why he failed the polygraph. But I do think it's totally possible she was being stalked by someone and she really had no idea who they were or that she was being stalked. Usually someone knows because there's a lot of communication or it's someone that they know, but maybe she didn't know. They were not making their advances forward. They were just doing really stealth things. 
in their stalking. If she had known it was someone, like someone at work was making her uncomfortable, I feel like she would have told one of her friends about that. If they listened. <laughs> I don't know if the one if the one listened. I read a big old Reddit thread too, trying to like figure out if anybody out there just had extra information because I just feel like that's another thing that we're missing. Because also, had she not even gone on dates after Jeff? Because I was sort of, the camisole. I was just impressed by the camisole. Like, oh, she's one of those ladies that like wears like actually really cute things around the house for herself. Or was she expecting someone? A lover. Is she or was she expecting someone? Because that seems like something that you wear when you're like, yeah, hanging out at home, but someone's coming. But she said she was tired and wanted mac and cheese. Would she not tell her mom if she was dating someone? Seemed like her and her mom talked every day. You're very sweet. Would you tell your mom? Would you tell that mom? I would not tell that mom. Hand to God. I would not tell that mom. <laughs> because I'm going to get so many questions. That mom is like, wants to know, who is this boy? Is he a Catholic? But the, would the friends would have told the police that if she was dating someone. But what if he was new? She just stopped at her coworker's office to talk about Jeff. I feel like she would have mentioned that she was like actively going on dates. I don't know. Her best friends also live across the country. Who was her best friend in Las Vegas? Was it that girl that she lived with who didn't remember her story? Yeah, I think so. Like, that's a question, too. I don't know. These are just questions I have. Did you have any theories? No, just those two theories. It's either a random stalker or it's those two. So which one do you think it is? More so, I think they did it because they failed the poly. Because of the polygraph. Okay, if the polygraph wasn't involved, would you still think it was them? Yes, because I don't believe in coincidences that much. And what's the coincidence? Their blood isn't there. That she found out she was pregnant days before the murder. And that he had stayed at the house two weeks before the murder. And that she has this tumultuous relationship in her past. She was broken up with right before her wedding. So my thought, here's one scenario that could have happened. He was staying at the house, spending the night there. They did hook up again. She was thinking maybe they were going to get back together. Melissa finds out she's pregnant, tells him. He tells Teresa. That's why they have the fight the blow up that the friend didn't listen to. Mm -hmm. But so Melissa was really freaking out because it was actually maybe going to happen that they were going to get back together. And so then Melissa hired someone to kill her, allegedly. I just think the coincidences of being involved in a traumatic workplace love triangle where the, a wedding was broken up and now he's dating your coworker days after and she just found out she's pregnant and you had a fight with him that day. Those are so many coincidences, but you were killed by a random stalker. Right. But that was happening at the same time. It seems way more likely that it, it had to do with this triangle. So what I would like are some character witnesses on Melissa, <laughs> like friends or ex-boyfriends. Did she get wild or crazy when she found out that it wasn't going her way or what? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a history that she's been cheated on and she just will not be cheated on again? Is there stuff like that? that would make her like jealous to that level. Do you think that there is a chance that Jeff was not involved? Yeah, I do. I do too. Yeah. And then they got married so they wouldn't have to testify against each other. I think more likely they got married just because they were pregnant, but maybe, but 
Maybe that too. Because the police were looking at them as their number one suspects. I mean, they hadn't been charged yet or anything. Well, no, you want to do all that before. Yeah. Before you get, if you're charged. Yeah, I guess it's possible. I don't know. It's not a terrible idea. Okay. All right. I don't know. Nobody knows. If anybody knows anything or has any ideas of stuff that we missed, please tell us. Yeah. Please tell us. All right. B-roll. So much B-roll. We have a photo of Teresa as a child with a Jesus Loves You sign behind her. We have all of Vegas B-roll. They're Catholic. Yes, I know. All of Vegas, including the Rio, which apparently has a famous seafood buffet that they advertise right there on the sign. So that's got to be... They have one of the best buffets. It's one of the least expensive, like it's lesser expensive, but still very, very, very good. It's the Carnival Buffet. Mm. You're welcome. In the detective's precinct by his desk, there's a framed thing on the wall that says Las Vegas Homicide with the artwork of a flush of cards, like a hand of poker. Yeah, I like it. They just embrace it that they're in Vegas. The friend's looking through a photo album. And then one of the friends is, it's a shot from the side. She appears, we're only seeing mostly the back of her head and like slightly the side. It appears that she is leaning her face up against the window, like putting her forehead on the window, like a dog waiting for their owner to come home. It was very strange. No, like you're sad. On the window? Yeah. Don't you ever do that? Like, is it's cool sometimes? So you just put your head against it. Oh, I do that. And then it gets a grease mark. That's how that works. <laughs> And then Oliver's like, what's that? And I was like, I was sad today. I could see that if it was raining outside, because I feel like I've seen that in like music videos. <laughs> like it's pouring rain outside and the person is inside looking out with their head smushed up against the glass, looking outside dramatically. If it's just your forehead, just that part of your forehead, you don't ever do that? No. That like, for oh, you should try that. See how you feel if you like that. You don't have a sliding door, though. I don't have a sliding door either. I haven't in a long time. No, I don't. I don't do that. Oh, I like that feeling. Did you see the friend's house at the end when they're looking through the photo album? Yeah, it was very cute. Whose house is that? I don't know. It's very nice. It's so fancy. Yeah. Also, how many pictures did Marianne, Teresa's mom, Anne Marie, I'm so sorry, Anne Marie, I think I called her Marianne earlier. Anne Marie probably gave them, I'm guessing. So many. Yeah, like 500. I'm guessing sent Dateline producer. I'm guessing when Mank was over, showed him all the photos and he kept saying, I've I've actually already seen these. We've picked them for the show. You know, like I've seen them. And she's like, I just want you to see this version. This is a better copy of it. And then probably mailed them batches, like went to the copy store and made a bunch of copies of the photos and then mailed the producers them because she probably doesn't email. She totally did a giant manila envelope. Yeah. Several of them marked one, two and three for the different age periods, whichever, yes. and then had stars on the back for the ones she wanted to use. Yeah. Oh, that makes me sad. Also, I hope very, very much that Anne Marie's other children are near her because she's alone now. Yeah. I would like to send her something. Was she not an only child? She wasn't. Okay, good. I, I think that I would like to send her food. Yes. I hope she gets casseroles from neighbors a lot. I hope she does. She's probably really involved in the church. I hope she has some. I think this must be hard. Her and Joe seemed like that kind of a pair. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Yes, absolutely. Really sweet. Also, they had an oil painting of their family on the back wall, I think. Did you see it? Oh, they are my family. 
I thought of you immediately. I was, yeah, I guess you're right. It's just different time, different birth. Yeah, that would be you. Fashion police. Okay. So I do want to talk about Mankey's No Hanky and the brown jacket that had this raised pattern on one shoulder, like one side of it. It was a brown jacket and it had... Do you have a time code? I don't know if I saw it. It was when he's doing the walk and talk. The walk and talk? I saw that. I just don't remember the jacket for some reason. I don't know why. Because you're on your phone. It might not have stood out as much. Because it's only on one side. It's like one chest area. Where's the walk and talk? Hang on. It's after she's telling her friends. They read the diary. She's telling her friends someone might be in her house. It's early on. Oh, the barn jacket. Yeah. It's a barn jacket. What's a barn jacket? That kind of jacket, a canvas jacket like that with the large pockets in the front. But what's the imprint? The large, the raised section. It looks like it has a suede portion like over one shoulder or just a quilted. It's just design over one shoulder and then a corduroy on the collar. Interesting. Or even maybe a velvet on the collar. Hard to tell. That is interesting. You're right. It must have been cold when they were in Vegas. That's the only reason I can think he's in sort of a heavier coat, right? Mm-hmm. And no hanky. But he's wearing a hanky in other parts of the episode. So it's just, this was his casual outfit. Did you like the jacket? I didn't not like it. I just thought it was so interesting because I've not seen that where part of a design is like raised that much where I would notice it. Yeah, I guess it is raised. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a full patch over here. I wonder what what that is. Like much like our suspicions, the design is raised. (laughs) Good job. Or it's a little bit of a spider web design. Like they're all caught in a web of lies. Yep, there we go. Mm -hmm. We nailed it. See, he's sending us messages now. Yep, through the clothes. How did you feel about his denim shirt? The denim button down when he's meeting with the unsolved case boy. Oh, I am fine with that. Okay, we don't usually see him in denim. No. I was like, my goodness. Yeah, he's casual. Those are his homies. He's still in a tie. Well, how dressed up can you be with a denim shirt? It looked good on him. I liked it a lot. There's a photo of Teresa when she's much, much younger, like a kid kind of, maybe early teenager. She's wearing almost the exact dress. My 90210 people will know this. It's the dress that Brenda and Kelly both wore to the dance. They were both wearing the same dress and it caused mad drama. It's the bow, huge bow across the boobs with the elbow length sleeves. It's black with a big white bow across the boobs. I'm sorry. And you're thinking maybe that's not the same dress? It looks like it maybe had buttons down the front, which theirs did not. I don't recall theirs did. Maybe she wanted something similar. I guarantee you, because this is the time, right? That would have been the time period. Perhaps. I don't, I, right? When was 90210 on? 90s. Oh, okay. So maybe it would have been the 90s. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I got, I was like, that's the dress. She dressed so nice, they said. She had like the nicest clothes and everything like that. My titles are subpar. Okay. Mine are two. I don't have that many, actually. I didn't, for some reason, I feel it. Why? There's so many Vegas. What's wrong with us? Well, just because in our last Vegas, I felt like they used up all the Vegas puns. So the handkerchief and the hypochondriac. Oh, that's good. CSI Dateline, but CSI stands for Contagious Smile Interrogations. Hey, there you go. 
And then the best one, which I don't know why it wasn't called this, instead of Lost in Sin City, Lost in Las Vegas. Lost in Lost Vegas? Exactly. Got it. Even though it's Las Vegas. But I still think that could have been a play on words. What about just Lost Vegas? Lost Vegas. There you go. Yeah. But maybe I'll save that for when we have an episode in L.A. And then we can call it Lost Angeles. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. So pretend that you didn't hear that next time we do an L.A. episode. I'm going to use it again. Okay. Thanks, guys. Easy enough. What about cigarette and a Starbucks? I really liked that. I thought it was really cute. Full loaf or half-baked? I had something that I was trying to do with that woman, but I obviously didn't get anywhere. And then I said, head in your hands, balls in your court, because she was in his court. That's it. I really didn't have very good ones. That's okay. Apologies. We have other good qualities. Sure. We had a case to solve that we did not solve. I was so excited to have an unsolved one because I thought that I would notice something that I don't know why I thought I was going to notice something. That you would get something that the police didn't. Yeah. It would be a water shoes moment. I saw the unsolved case squad and I was like, well, that's that blows that chance. I'm not going to get a thing here. Like they're going to they're going to get everything that I missed. They didn't catch water shoes moment, although they were not on that episode. So no, that's true. But given the chance. And also we were probably wrong because according to Bob Ross, I still don't buy that. No, I would like to think that this will eventually be solved. I 100 percent think it could be solved. Absolutely. That there will be a DNA match because that's really all they need. Yeah. Like they said, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And she deserves justice. She seemed like a really sweet person. I really hope that if one of those, that couple is involved and the other one isn't. But unfortunately, it does seem like there needed to be two people to carry the body. So it's either one of them and the hired killer or. Correct. Again, did they look into Melissa's background to see if she had any, you know, people with a criminal record in her past? Like anything that would lead them to someone who could have. I mean, it's Vegas. I feel like you could find somebody if you wanted to. There's seedier parts of Vegas, so she wouldn't even have to have known them. She could just like go to a seedier part of Vegas and find someone. Or just that guy sitting at video poker all day long with the eye patch. He has something going on in his, he knows things, he's seen things, he wants to be involved in things. Well, he's half seen things, but he's... he's... Ask him for a favor. (laughs) Just give him, say, I will give you a roll of quarters. Use no quarters in Vegas. (laughs) There wasn't this time. There was, but I need to really fully prepare you. We're going to have to do a bit. You're going to hate it, but we're going to have to do a phone call where I give you a Vegas rundown of to manage these expectations, like much like the cruise and the never ending cotton candy bar or whatever that like was going to happen. Tables of lobster. I was misled. I had I didn't know the kind of cruise we were going on. It was different than the ones I had been in in the past. I was promised a Vegas level buffet with like just a smorgasbord of shrimp and crab legs. I really apologize. I didn't should have done my research. I thought all boats had those. I did not know. Also, you're a vegetarian. When are you looking to see if there's shrimp? You don't know. You wouldn't know. You were just lying to me. So I'm going to manage your expectations. No, when I went on cruises, they had amazing buffets. 
and I was with people who ate meat. I know they had things, but really what I promised you was the dessert bar. They had an ice cream bar that would start at midnight every night. They would have a full on ice cream bar, dessert bar at midnight. Did they have different flavors of cheesecake? Yes. They had everything. They have eclairs? Yes. Oh, that would be nice. So also when we get closer to time, I'm so excited for this Vegas trip. When we get closer to time, we'll have to ask what people's favorite buffet is. But don't come at me, but I think I want to try the one, the Wicked Spoon, a Cosmopolitan. They have a fancy dessert section. Okay. I know you don't care about that. It's on me. It's my treat. I'm up for anything with food. And maybe we can talk Josh into going with us and Dennis. I thought you were inviting him to a nice restaurant. Whatever I can get. I will invite him to a Starbucks, Starbucks and a cigarette if he wants. <laughs> but also if Dennis is there, maybe I bet Dennis is a buffet guy. Yeah, I bet he is. He's got to be. All yeah. right. Anyways, follow us on social media. And check out our Patreon. And that is all. Congratulations, Heather and Rob. Yay. Congratulations, Heather and Rob. Yay. Also, don't forget doing 90 Day Fiance this month. So if you want to check that out, you can check it out on our Patreon at our $5 level. Yeah. Yeah. And we have something exciting coming. It's a surprise. Oh, yes. Be your own Bugatti. No, we had one for this. You had it already. Be your own babysitter. Be your own babysitter. Yeah. But also be your own Bugatti and stay fresh cheese bags. Bye, everybody. Bye. I prefer any sort of other hair wrap or even a baseball hat or some kind of thick headband. You are anti-hanky, which is very strange. I like it on Mankey's chest. I don't like it in your hair in an interrogation. That's very particular. And we should dig into that more later and find out why. I wonder why. It could be maybe because I just don't feel like I can wear them because they feel like they slip off my head. Oh, yeah, I can't tie it right either. There's a way you tie it. Yeah, I don't know how. And I just feel like I would look dumb. I feel like everyone would be talking. It's like when you wear a new hat for the first time and you feel like everyone's making comments and looking at it because you're self-conscious because you don't normally wear hats. You mean like in seventh grade? Yes. (laughs) No, now at my age, I would feel like that. No, that's ridiculous. In seventh grade, that happened. I'm starting a new thing. This is the year of the hat. I would stop on day one because I would get some comments. Who's going to talk bad about you? Also, have you not read the internet? No, not negative comments. Just like, oh, you're wearing a hat. Like, that would be enough. I would take it off. Is that weird? It's interesting. I'm going to think about that. I'll get back to you with my results.